0: Welcome to the AD's office with Alex Larson and Devin Puffins.
1: What's up, sports fans? Welcome to the AD's office. I'm Alex. He's Devin. And this is week eight of the NFL season. And the NFL trade deadline has come and gone. Come and gone. Office hours are open. We're going to talk about it. There were a few big moves made before the trade deadline. We'll get into all of that after we talk through some of the big news from some of the games over the weekend. I'll just open it for Minnesota Vikings fans. Kirk Cousins out for the season with a ruptured Achilles. And it is a potentially season-changing, franchise-altering injury for Minnesota. I don't think it'll end up being franchise-offering just because he was— He was probably
0: gone anyways, right? Like, if he was coming back, then it was going to be a surprise to everybody, but it definitely alters their season for sure. They were looking to make a comeback, and that is probably not probable.
1: Yeah, it's going to be tricky. The upcoming schedule prior to the Cousins injury looked very hopeful. You got Falcons, Saints, Broncos, Bears, Raiders, all of those are winnable games with Kirk Cousins. Right. Without Kirk Cousins, honestly, I have no idea. Any game in the NFL without a starting quarterback
0: is a no idea, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you're riding with a backup, then you're kind of like, I might win. Unless you're the 49ers from last season, then you're like, I'm definitely going to win. But yeah. That's not most teams' reality. It's not the other 31
1: teams' reality. Right and the vikings are not last year 49ers good. No, not even close. Like I firmly believe, record aside, this vikings roster is better than last year's vikings roster. Completely agree. And nowhere near the same talent level as the 49ers. Oh, no shot. Or but the most Eagles teams aren't. Or, it's, yeah. it's
0: not a it's not a blemish on the for, on the uh, vikings or anything like that. It's mm-hmm. Like, the
1: 49ers are at the podium at the moment. Well, maybe not in the last three weeks, but outside of that. But roster talent? Yeah. They're loaded. And there are a few of those teams. The Vikings aren't in that top tier as far as roster talent, roster depth. Losing Cousins hurts a lot. And we'll get into the trades that the Vikings made later on. I'll say this. I am encouraged that the Vikings did not spend huge to bring in a big-name quarterback.
0: I totally agree with you. If I were a Vikings fan right now and I saw them go trade a third or a fourth rounder for Jameis Winston, I'd be pretty frustrated. Mm -hmm. He's not going to win you very many games. He's going to cause a lot of drama, some of it exciting, some of it terrifying. But it's just... It's not what you really want. You want to build for the future, right? And a move like that is actively getting rid of draft picks for you this season, Mm -hmm. in a season which now it looks like you could have some pretty good ones, and making your draft picks probably worse Yeah, for a team that's rebuilding.
1: Yeah, and I think that is indicative of where the Vikings are. It is a rebuild year without tanking. How do you look at all the players on the roster and look at the draft picks and build for 2024 and beyond without saying we're just going to be terrible? Because right now, if season ended today, the Vikings are the seven seed in the NFC and playing the Lions in the wild card.
0: It changes everything to lose Kirk Cousins. I don't imagine that they're going to be able to get even remotely close to the playoffs without him, Um, regardless of if it was going to be Hall or Dobbs. I don't think that that's a reality.
1: Yeah. But it's a it's an interesting situation. The Vikings beat the Packers at Lambeau, which I think we would agree is more reflective that the Packers are bad.
0: Yeah. I mean, you and I both said last week we picked the Vikings. The Packers mm-hmm. are terrible this year. And Jordan Love, the experiment's got to be close to over. It's got to be. for Packers fans.
1: Yeah. And I think when people... If you're a Packers fan, I'm honestly surprised you've listened to this show. But hey, thanks for being here. And (laughs) I am genuinely surprised when I hear people say, well, Jordan Love just needs more time or he's basically a rookie. He's not basically a rookie. He's a fourth-year NFL player.
0: I understand to a certain extent because they're thinking Rodgers was a fourth-year, his – air quote, rookie year, his first season as a starter is what they're talking about, wasn't good. But I also think that you can look at Jordan Love and say, okay, it wasn't this terrible. Jordan Love is playing really, really bad.
1: Yeah, objectively. It is a measurable bad performance. I mean, and that Packers offense is just not good. I don't know if it's all on Jordan Love. I don't know if it's a bad game plan because they're leading rusher. On a team that has Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, their leading rusher this weekend was Jordan Love.
0: You got to think that there's some gross mismanagement of the personnel on game days, right? Like, Aaron Jones is a top 10 running back in the NFL. You'd think. He should be. He has been for the last several years, and we'll talk about the running back, Cliff, and how they fall off. And some of that is, you know, maybe they're still good, but they're not always available due to injuries. So maybe mm-hmm. that's what Aaron Jones is at right now. But when he's been on the field, he looks fine. So why is he not getting playing time? Why is he not getting snaps?
1: Right. And you look at, like, I understand if you have an an all-time talented quarterback, you don't lean on your running back as much. Jordan Love is bad. Yeah
0: he has been playing really bad football, particularly in the first half. One of the ways I put it on our Twitter X account at the AD's office, shameless plug. One of the ways I put it on there was just that he's like allergic to the first half. They've scored Mm -hmm. virtually no points the last three weeks in a row in the first half. It's just
1: terrible. It's terrible. It's, it really is. And I don't want to—I'm still nervous as a Vikings fan who has lived through Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, we have PTSD. I'm nervous to say the Packers are bad and basically irrelevant, but boy, they look pretty irrelevant. I know
0: that coaches like to say they don't look ahead and guess how many wins they're going to have and things like that, but every coach in the NFL right now is circling the Packers and saying, ah, that's a dub.
1: That's a dub.
0: And Packers fans— You shouldn't be that upset about it, considering you've virtually never experienced this before. And now you maybe get a chance at another generational quarterback to make Alex and I's lives miserable for another decade.
1: Oh, that'd be so bad. But you're right. It's possible that the Packers are going to end up in the top five in the draft. You have a bunch of quarterbacks who are borderline first-round talents. It's looking like a class of dudes. It could be potential superstars and franchise guys, and you're right. The Packers might be bad enough this year to have one of them on the roster next year, and I hate that.
0: Yeah, it would be less fun for us, but for all you Packers fans that I want to listen to, Alex and I, I hope that you get it. No, I still don't.
1: (laughs) don't (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I'm lying. I, I won't make fun of you for rooting for a team that is struggling because... Been there. Been there. Been there a lot. Been there in 2008. Woof. Been there. Woof. Speaking of woof, the Bears got a primetime game, and that drives me insane. I could cut you
0: off and rant about that for another 30 minutes alone. Why the heck do the Bears have
1: primetime games this year? Why? And I realize coming into the season there was some hype around Justin Fields. Extremely undeserved hype undeserved hype there was absolutely nothing tangibly put together this offseason that you thought "Mm, the bears are going to be primetime tv
0: yeah not even a little bit and i know that last season fields showed a lot of promise as a runner and he was electrifying but But. he still sucked as a passer they weren't competitive they're continuing to not be competitive we're at the point where games can start to be flexed why are the bears in primetime they're terrible they were the number one pick last
1: year. And here we are, wasting our Sunday nights. The Sunday night game, it doesn't need to be spectacular. There are times where it doesn't. It, you don't need it. You don't need it to be the best of the best. You don't need Bill's Chiefs going into multiple overtimes. That's a lot of fun. But you don't need that every week. You just need competent football and... Frankly, the Bears made the Chargers look like a very competent team, and the Chargers are not a very competent team.
0: An absolute best-case scenario, you had a playoff floundering team from last year beating up on the top of the losers of last year, neither of which added particularly flattering things in the offseason. You got Quentin Johnston in L.A. That could be nice. But before the season, when the schedule was made, he was supposed to be the number 3 receiver. So yeah, you really haven't changed anything a ton to either of these teams, and we thought that this matchup was going to be Sunday night football?
1: Right. And I realize the injury to Justin Fields and the decision to go with Tyson Bajant was made too late for them to flex this game. So I'm not faulting the injury piece. This should just never have been on the schedule. Exactly. Totally that. And part of that, I think at some point... In the offseason, we'll probably talk through a coach power ranking. Yeah, that would be fun. I heard, I don't remember which show, there was a show over the weekend that talked about the reality of NFL coaches and how there, there are a few that are truly good coaches. There are a few who are competent and have good rosters, which make them look good. And then there are a bunch of average guys. And then there are some guys who literally cannot coach. And Brandon Staley, coach of the Chargers, he can't coach.
0: At least not head coach. There's just serious blunders all the time.
1: It's so many mistakes where you go, what are you thinking? And I'm not saying I could do a better job. But I do know enough watching him to know that he's not doing his job.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying I could do a better job but if I can tell things right away sitting on mm-hmm. my couch mm-hmm. that he can't tell being paid millions of dollars from a sideline, yep. that's a major issue. And I was actually talking to my wife about this yesterday, even, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, sometimes these GMs and these coaches just overthink the heck out of things or they must be complete morons because there's things that we just all are able to figure out so easily. Like, like, Kicking a field goal when you're
1: down 10. Or kicking a field goal when you're down 8. Yeah. It's like the touchdown and a two-point conversion does it for you. What are you you doing? What are you doing, Josh McDaniel? Or you have the absurdity of, say, Super Bowl on the line with uh, maybe Hall of Fame running back on your roster, and you throw it. You know, things happen. Honestly, I think Pete Carroll's a fantastic coach. That was just a single situation. (laughs) But sometimes coaches do stuff where we everybody on the couch is going, what are you doing? It's just stop overthinking it. Recognize,
0: all right, I I got some guys who are really, really fast and really, really strong and have great hand-eye coordination. I'm going to let them do their thing for a
1: minute. Yeah, that's fair. And before we move on, I'm going to just give a shout-out to Tyson Bajent, the Bears' Division II Undrafted free agent, starting quarterback. First time in NFL history that a D2 quarterback started an NFL game. I think they've made rosters something like 11, 12 times all the yeah. time. He's the backup quarterback for the Chicago Bears. But good for him, a D2 guy making the NFL as a starting quarterback.
0: Oh, yeah. Huge shout out, as deserved. Part of me also thinks about, though, prior to Baker Mayfield getting drafted to Cleveland, number one overall a few years ago, mm-hmm. everyone talked about the carousel of Cleveland quarterbacks. And now mm-hmm. I'm looking at Tyson and I'm like, we don't give credit where it's due. A, in the fact that you're a D2 quarterback starting in the NFL, but B to the bears organization. And the fact that you guys have had as bad of a quarterback carousel as those Cleveland Browns did over the last 20 years. You guys have had like 40 quarterbacks. I'm exaggerating. I don't know what the number is off the top of my head. But it's been a lot of quarterbacks over the last several years.
1: It has been. And I also think could be another off-season off, off season segment, like best roster of all time or best players of all time for our team. Sure, The best Chicago Bears quarterback of all time legitimately might be Jay Cutler. I don't even think it's a might be.
0: It is factually, non-debatably Jay Cutler by an extremely large margin.
1: <laughs> if Jay Cutler is the best you've ever had.
0: Mm. And don't get me I think Jay Cutler gets a bad rap. I think that his attitude was hilarious. Terrible to have <laughs> as a teammate, but hilarious. But there were some times where he truly looked dynamic, and he had a cannon for an arm, and he made the NFC North fun and did all these things. But also, like, yeah, he was never considered a top five quarterback in the league let alone you know all time right you've literally never had that in your organization's history which is one of the original organizations in all of football
1: i was gonna say the bears have been around and they still can't figure it out still can't figure it out another one of those teams though that can't seem to figure it out and bad at quarterbacks the new york giants with daniel jones daniel jones has not played for what is it three weeks now Right, third
0: straight missed game,
1: and so that put in Terod Taylor, who left the game with injury. I believe it was broken ribs or something. Yep. And the Giants, I think they ended up with negative passing yards, negative nine, negative nine passing yards. And so this is the this is the battle, New York, the New York Giants and the New York Jets. Technically, it's a Giants home game, but like whatever, it's the same stadium. And the Giants had negative nine passing yards. Somehow this thing still dragged into overtime. And the Jets won probably the ugliest game of the season.
0: Yeah. We're going to say that about the Jets a lot this year, I think. We've already said it a couple of times even for them, I think. Yeah. But it's just like, Jets, you keep fighting with these these juggernaut teams. You know, you, you beat the... The Bills in week one, you were very close to beating the Chiefs. You Mm -hmm. do all these things. And and beat the the Eagles. And beat the Eagles. And then you let the Giants take you to overtime.
1: Yeah. I don't know. And we all know that the Jets aren't what we expected this year. Right. Hard to figure out. On the bright side, if you're a Jets fan, you did get the win. You got the win. Zach Wilson looked, I'll say it, really good for a couple minutes yeah for a couple minutes for a couple minutes and Brees Hall looked good for the entire game gosh he's an absolute stud he had the only
0: touchdown for the Jets it was a 50 yard touchdown probably 40 of it was yards after catch so congratulations Zach Wilson for getting the ball those five to ten yards for Brees to then have the most electric play of the weekend
1: and the craziest thing that game, was it was so ugly. Brees Hall had that huge, it was a technically a reception. So he didn't even lead the team in rushing yards. That would be Zach Wilson again. We have another one of those.
0: Yeah, we got a few of those.
1: But you watch Brees Hall, and even as a casual fan, I think you can tell he's just a little bit better than everybody else on that field.
0: Oh, yeah, he's electric. He's very special. If we're not talking about him as the best running back in the league, next year if not maybe this year then we're doing Mm -hmm. something wrong
1: yeah on the other side of that field Saquon Barkley also a special talent yeah I don't necessarily feel like it's a spoiler he did not get traded I'm a little bit surprised not because he had asked out of New York or because the Giants implied they were gonna get rid of him I expected him to stay I'm a little bit surprised simply because at some point there's a respect factor and Saquon has meant so much to the Giants. He is, we would right? both say, more important to that Giants team than Daniel Jones.
0: Oh, yeah, by far. I don't think that's even really a conversation. And I think that this season has all but proved that to be a fact.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think Saquon is the centerpiece of the Giants offense. He's not getting paid like it, which is a problem, but eh, we'll deal with that another another day. They did hand it off to him 36 times, which is downright abusive. Dude's got to be tired. Dude has to be so tired. I mean, he did his job. He put in, I think he had 130 yards, so it's not like he wasn't getting anything there, but 36 touches. On the flip side, Brees Hall, as the starter, I think had like 15, 16 carries.
0: Yeah, and part of that is definitely because of the injuries at quarterback that they were having. I'm going to go out and say it. I threw out a poll on Twitter and I think the poll results speak for themselves. I think Tyrod Taylor is significantly better than Daniel Jones. Um,
1: I, I agree.
0: Yeah. I think I feel so bad for Tyrod Taylor because he was supposed to be the guy for the chargers for at least a year. Yeah. game one play one i think it was his first play with the chargers he gets a lung punctured they go they have justin herbert who ends up as a top six or seven quarterback in the league tyrod loses his job now he's playing for the giants he finally gets a chance again he's playing pretty good at least good enough that he could be one of the top tier backups in the league if you didn't already consider him to be that
1: and then he gets hurt again the dude just can't catch a break. No, it's rough. And he's he's been around. He's kind of becoming a journeyman backup. Yeah. He was with the Ravens back. That, I mean, that's where he started was with Baltimore. I think he did three years. He was there for that Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. And then he did a couple years with Buffalo. And then bounced around. Cleveland, the Chargers, Houston, and now the Giants. And we'll see... The reality with New York, though, Daniel Jones isn't going anywhere. No, they... They can't. They literally cannot afford
0: to not start him. They decided to make the blunder of this past offseason and handed Daniel Jones a very, very unproven quarterback, an absolute crap ton of money, and then they essentially just piss off Saquon Barkley, who's the best player on their entire team. They're on the outs with him. He threatens to maybe hold out. He comes back on a sort of restructured franchise tag. Now you abuse him by giving him 36 carries. Yep. It's just, it's a mess. And Brian Dabble, we all thought that you were going to be this super impressive guy after last season. You were going to be able to fix Daniel Jones. It looks like it was more of a bandaid than a fix, but yep. we just, we expected more from you.
1: Yeah. And I think when, a really good coordinator goes somewhere else. There's a there's a learning curve, but sure. you also look back and because we've talked about with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, who's you know the the more important piece to that relationship with Brian Dayball, and now looking back, Josh Allen probably more important than his coordinator because it's not working with Daniel Jones.
0: Yeah, it's not working. They are going to have to find a way to fix it. We saw San Francisco come out and say, we screwed up the quarterback position. We're going to... Good point. We're going to cut our losses with Trey Lance, right? Yep. Yep. We need to see the Browns and the Giants do the same this offseason. Maybe the Packers and maybe the Falcons too.
1: Yeah. It's a hard pill to swallow, but at some point you have to just move on. Or something that I think a Giants divisional opponent has done For a long time, the Cowboys have kept Dak Prescott on short extensions. They franchise-tagged him a couple times, never given him that huge deal. And I kind of half-jokingly said, I don't think Jerry Jones is ready to marry Dak. Loving loving dating, it's a lot of fun, they're making some good memories, but Jerry knows he's not the marriage type. Dak is not the guy you want to lock up long term and the Giants had a similar situation I think where Daniel Jones they were making some fun memories they were having some good outings yeah but they should have realized this isn't forever this is a fling we don't need to invest the next 10 years of our lives into something that we all know isn't really that solid but when you make the playoffs
0: you win a playoff game you're thinking oh my gosh he bought the ring the ring's yep. in his pocket. He's just not ready to use it quite yet. He's—they're just so close. I just need to clean him up a little bit more. He's just barely a fixer upper. Mm-hmm. We won one playoff game. What if we win another one this year? Just one. All I need is one playoff win this year. But then we'll yep. have gone back-to-back years with a playoff win in each year. He's got to be good. No, he—no, he's not. No, he's, no, he's he is bad. what he is.
1: I—I I would say in general, relationships aren't going to make a guy change. He it, is what he is. He he is what he is. You're not going to change his stripes. You can try, ladies, but it's not going to work. And there are lots uh, more analogies there, but well, I'll just I'll let him die because my mom listens to the show. <laughs> but anyway, the Cowboys look good this weekend. Dak looked good this weekend. It has been a minute since Dak looked as good as he did against the Rams.
0: Yeah, and CeeDee Lamb looked awesome. He's got to be glad to be balling back out. But you're totally right. The Cowboys, they scored on all three phases. They had a defensive touchdown. They had a special teams touchdown. And they obviously were scoring on offense. So they were humming.
1: Yeah, 43-20 over the Rams. Look good. Cowboys look good. And I'm sure our power rankings reflect that a little bit. I'm still not super convinced because they don't do it every week. Yeah. But the pieces are there. The team without the pieces there, I think, at the moment, the Kansas City Chiefs don't look very good. And Patrick Mahomes played through what we believe was the flu over the weekend. I'm not going to sit back and pretend like that isn't a major factor. And if you felt well enough to play, we kind of get to judge you based on healthy playing standards. Yeah. And Mahomes did not look like Mahomes.
0: No, and I keep going back to what we said about the Eagles a couple of weeks ago about how we were just looking for an excuse all season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're still looking for an excuse to say the Chiefs are are that team. They had that blowout win against the Bears, but really, besides that, have they looked super good?
1: Right. No, I mean, they played the Jaguars close. They obviously lost to the Lions to open the season. Jets was close. Vikings was close. The Broncos' win was close. And now they lose to the Broncos, and it wasn't super close. No, not
0: really. And I get that Mahomes, he may have had the flu. I get that the weather was bad. I get all these things. But at the end of the day, I'm like, you're the cream of the crop in the NFL. You're supposed to be our gold standard. Mahomes is very, very much the face of all of football at this point. Yeah. Dude, you got to show up against these bad teams.
1: Right. A two interception, no touchdown performance doesn't, doesn't cut it. And I remember way back in the scouting process with Mahomes, people were mixed. Obviously, he was not. The top, top pick, Andy Reid and the Chiefs saw first-round talent there. But one of the major critiques about Mahomes in that pre-draft process was sloppy mechanics. And statistically, there have been some charts out there. I mean, there's data to show that Mahomes is phenomenal on the move. When he's rolling, almost unbeatable. Standing in the pocket, clean pocket, plant your feet. He's not as good. He's still very good. Make no mistake. I would give almost anything to have Patrick Mahomes be my quarterback. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) But those mechanics are a little bit sloppy. Sometimes turns into really, I don't know, confusing turnovers.
0: Sometimes confusing turnovers, but far more often than anything else in his career thus far, it's turned into dramatic theatrical highlight reels. That's true. Which was also the case for guys like Brett Favre and Matthew Stafford through the beginnings of their careers. It makes me think back to an interview that Mahomes had a couple of years ago at this point where he said he thought Matthew Stafford was who he kind of pushed his game to be after throughout high school and college and that he called Matthew Stafford the original gunslinger. Patrick, I disagree with you on that, even though I am a large Matthew Stafford fan. I would have to give that to one of Dan Marino or Brett Favre. But what he's saying rings true. He's stylistically more mobile than any of those other guys. But he takes those big shots. Yep. This weekend turned out very, very poorly for him.
1: It did. And it's a it's a sobering, somewhat shocking loss. Twenty-four to nine. The Broncos get the win over the Chiefs. It may be impacted the trade deadline decisions for the broncos we'll get into that a little bit maybe but first let's talk about stafford's old team your detroit lions they got some national attention this week. they got some national attention
0: but man i've never been so disappointed in a win
1: (laughs) that that was my takeaway too obviously they they beat the raiders it was 26 14 wasn't actually that close because I think it was 16 to 7 at halftime, but it was a slow start and they never looked super in rhythm. Jameer Gibbs had a couple big moments, which is encouraging.
0: I I don't even know if I would say I don't think they looked in rhythm. Because they just absolutely dominated, but the scoreboard doesn't reflect it at all because of silly mistakes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Some something was just not quite clicking. Yeah. And I give them their props. They pulled it out. They got the win. And there are days where that's all you, that's it. You just, you just say, you know what? This isn't our day. Get the win. Move on.
0: Part of it is definitely that they're very injured right now and they'll be on by next week. So they'll get a couple of those guys back, assumingly. But when I say they dominated, I mean they truly, truly dominated. Looking at some of the stats here, Mm -hmm. their time of possession was 40 minutes of a 60-minute football game. They had the ball literally more than double the amount of time that the Raiders had the ball. That's crazy. Their yards were 486 versus 157. You just mentioned Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs, by himself, had more yards than the entirety of the Raiders. It's just, it was boggling, but Goff, he was trying to throw a ball away. That became a 70 yard pick six. Marcus Peters
1: is good for one of those a season.
0: Marcus Peters is good for one of those a season. He used to be good for one, like
1: one, a game. Yeah, then, you know, give up 170 yards for the rest of the game. Yeah, no, but Marcus Peters is pretty much a guarantee at some point he's going to have an interception where you just go, how did you catch that? And then he just palms the ball and takes off sprinting down the sideline.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly what happened is Goff was trying to throw the ball away and Marcus Peters took it 70 yards to the house. Yep. And then there was another fumble by Josh Reynolds, the number two slash three receiver, depending on your opinions on Jameson Williams. That was just a bad fumble. There was yeah. a fumble by Craig Reynolds in the red zone that was most definitely not a fumble. But <laughs> yeah. um, but no matter how you dice it, those are all things that happen. Fumbles that aren't fumbles happen every single week. Yeah, You know, it's not no, something true. that you can get too mad about. And they settled for back-to-back-to-back field goals in the first half. You're up 9-0. Two
1: of those were in the red zone. You could have won this game by 40. That's it. And we talked about last week how this is still new for the Lions. They don't know how to be good. Totally. I've said it all season. Good teams beat up on bad teams. This, The Raiders are a bad team. Yep. This was an opportunity for the Lions, who are a good team, and I stand by that. Yep. It was an opportunity for them to beat up on a bad team, and they didn't. And I think it really is just they're still not totally sure how to act like a good team.
0: Yeah, and I would say they even, they were beating them up while pulling their punches almost.
1: Yeah, it was like yeah. I don't
0: know how you're so dominant but fail to put so many points on the scoreboard. It, so yep. it was just a little
1: mind-boggling because they did they beat the pants off them, but the scoreboard didn't reflect it. Football, sports, I suppose in general, it's not a gentleman's game. Right. F- football, especially, you don't get any extra points. For being nice, or for taking it easy, or for keeping it close, nobody cares. All that matters is your wins and losses. If you have a chance to step on their throats, you take it. Yeah,
0: and that that was not Detroit this past weekend, or I should say this past Monday. In either scenario, though, it was a very pleasant welcome party for Jameer Gibbs. It was very much Mm -hmm. an I'm him, I'm here moment for him. Fantasy yeah. managers across the country throw their arms up and say thank you. He's here now. Yeah. Yeah, he's here now. Um, David Montgomery is probably going to frustrate a lot of you in two weeks when he comes <laughs> back. But
1: Steal a couple touchdowns, but hey. Steal a couple touchdowns. Fa- fantasy football aside, it makes the Lions a better football team, and I expect them to keep rolling. Um, the NFC North is not completely wrapped up yet, but with Cousins going down and the Bears and Packers being terrible, it's pretty much...
0: It's like when you're wrapping Christmas presents with your mom and she goes to make a bow and she says, put your finger right here for me. That's where we
1: are right now. We're at that point.
0: Yeah, there's not quite a bow on it, but almost.
1: Go ahead. Tie the bow. Almost there. You did mention the offensive production of the Raiders was terrible. 150 yards roughly for the entire team. It could have been double that if Jimmy Garoppolo was able to recognize Devontae Adams exists.
0: Free Devontae. Man, It it's a disappointment for football fans that he didn't get moved on the deadline.
1: Yep. And I think that's, that's the segue to the trades. Devontae Adams absolutely should have been traded. I saw somebody tweeted, posted, whatever, X'd, one of these days, we'll figure out how we want to reference that social media website. At some point, Elon will decide how he wants to reference yeah, good his call. Good call. website. And we'll just play along. But somebody basically said the NFL should do what's right and step in and release Devontae Adams from the Raiders. <laughs> give, give the Raiders a fifth or a sixth round pick and just let him go. Let him be free. Because, I mean, Devontae agreed to a trade from Green Bay to the Raiders, his sure.
0: hometown team, and his college quarterback,
1: and his college buddy quarterback, Derek Carr. And then the Raiders turn around, ship Carr off. Uh, Josh McDaniels is bad. He's bad. <laughs> he's one of those guys
0: where <laughs> he's one of those on guys can figure out what's going mm-hmm. on better than him. Despite yeah, when, he's paid millions and we're paid nothing.
1: Yep. When we do our coaches' power rankings, I can tell you right now, Josh McDaniels, bottom five.
0: Bottom five. I was wondering if you were going to say 32, and I was like, maybe, but I'm I'm going to think hard.
1: I'm going to leave some wiggle room for Matt Eberflus. I'm not
0: sure he's going to be a head coach by the time that we have (laughs) our head coach
1: rankings. (laughs) The vacancy for the Chicago Bears is the 32nd coaching spot. (laughs) But anyway, trade deadline wrapped up. It was a Tuesday afternoon. Not a ton of... Surprising trades, but one of the biggest sellers was the Washington Commanders, and I think that triggered, based on their game this weekend. I think had they beaten the Eagles, which they absolutely had an opportunity to do, yep, I think they would have said, "All right, no, we got we got something," but they lost. Eagles got the dub, and the Commanders basically said, "Let's blow it up." They moved, yeah, Montez Sweat their uh, 2019 first-round draft pick to the Bears for a second-round pick, and they moved Chase Young, their 2020 first-round draft pick, to the Niners for a third-round pick. So let's unpack those a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm just
0: going to go out there and say right off the rip, Chase Young and getting sent to the Niners for a third-round pick. A lot Mm -hmm. of people, especially fans of contenders, Mm -hmm. they are upset that they didn't make this move. I'm probably the outlier here and allow me to be a voice of reason to all you guys. Chase Young has existed off of name recognition alone. That's probably true. There's Guys, when we look at the pick that got traded for Chase Young, it is a compensatory pick, if I'm pronouncing the word right.
1: Whatever. It's a comp pick.
0: It's a comp pick. The 49ers received that due to one of the members of their staff, TBD, they had several, who was a minority, became a executive or a head coach for another team. Okay? That pick automatically gets moved to the end of the third round. This pick is
1: maybe a top 100 pick. Maybe. Right. Right. Not worth a ton. The thing that I think is intriguing about it, the Niners now have Nick Bosa, the number two overall pick from 2019. Yep. And Chase Young on the opposite side, number two overall pick from 2020. They played together at Ohio State. They are both top five in quarterback pressures this season. It gives the Niners just a little more juice on that defensive line. And we know Nick Bosa's phenomenal. Yeah. But a couple of weeks ago, couldn't sack Kirk Cousins. Kirk right. Cousins doesn't move around. Right. Right. Nick Bosa getting double-teamed every play does take him out of the game. And that's just the reality for most guys. If you double-team a guy, that just is what it is. It's two professional offensive linemen against one professional defensive lineman.
0: It typically doesn't work out in your favor.
1: Yep. Usually a double-team works. You can't double-team both of these guys now.
0: You can't double-team both of them. I think the reason why the 49ers, why this works so well for them, Mm -hmm. is because they traded... The closest thing possible to a fourth-round pick for yep. a guy who is now going to be a fringe starter. They are going to be able to take him in, put him out, pull him back out, do all these different things with Chase Young. Yep, He's going to be like the third or fourth
1: best player on their defensive line. Which is wild, because he's not a bad player. You're absolutely no, right. absolutely he's, not a bad player. He's living off of some hype. Yeah. He was the number two pick. He's still good. He's still good.
0: Yeah, he's definitely a... A fine player that most teams would really like to have.
1: Yep. And he does make the Niners better.
0: He makes the Niners better. But let's keep in mind for all of you other teams and contenders and fans of contenders, there's a reason why no one offered better than the last pick in the third round for him.
1: Yep. All these other teams probably
0: offered a fourth or fifth round pick for him. The 49ers were just able to offer the borderline last pick in the third round.
1: Plus, the new owner of the Commanders, uh, Josh Harris, and his ownership group, they also own the Philadelphia 76ers in I gonna the NBA. was going the same thing. And they traded away James Harden and P.J. Tucker this morning. So it's just been a busy day.
0: Well, and this particular owner, he was there throughout the entirety of the Trust the Process era of the 76ers. Yep. So, Commanders fans trust the process. This old Chase Young, this old Montez Sweat. The Bears get a heck of a player in Montez Sweat. I think he's better than Chase Young. That's why they got a better pay for him.
1: Yeah. Uh, I will say though, the Commanders got the Bears second round pick for Montez Sweat. If you have listened or watched football at all this season, the Bears are bad. Yep. Which means their second round pick right now is pick number 35. There are 32 picks in each round. Yep. It's almost a first round pick for a guy that is a free agent at the end of the season. So the Bears are going to have to pay him a lot of money if they want to keep him. Yeah. And the Bears are bad. The Bears are bad. They're going to have to pay him a lot of money.
0: I think that he has been more productive than Chase Young throughout I agree. NFL careers. I just don't but think it
1: makes it, sense for the Bears.
0: I agree with you totally. This just screams Chase Claypool all over again to me.
1: <laughs> Which was their day of trade deadline, second round swap last year, and <laughs> we all know how that worked out. I I love the move in a vacuum for the Bears. I think they traded
0: for a good player. Good player, absolutely. I think their team got better today. However... Could you have gotten a similar impact player with the number thirty-five overall pick? Yes. Could
1: you have Well, could you have drafted a guy at thirty-five and signed Montez Sweat as a free agent?
0: Yeah. And since you're a bad team, you're gonna have to overpay for those players. You do have the most cap space in the NFL entering this offseason. Sure. You are gonna have to overpay to keep him.
1: Yep. And I think he may stay simply because of that. I don't blame guys for sticking on bad teams if it means they're getting paid.
0: No, and I think that very well may be the case for Montez Sweat. So in a vacuum, I like it. Within the context of their team struggling a lot, and they added a player that is not going to help particularly much in their rebuild as just a rental for eight games, uh, I don't
1: like it as much. Nope, I don't like it for the Bears. NFC North was generally pretty busy at the trade deadline today. Obviously, the Vikings had extenuating circumstances, losing Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, I'm thrilled they did not go crazy and overspend to bring in some veteran. They did make a trade for a quarterback, traded the Cardinals for Joshua Dobbs. Dobbs joined the Cardinals this offseason, so mm-hmm. relatively new face there. He The trade details, it was basically... Dobbs in a seventh for a conditional sixth round pick out of Minnesota. If Dobbs ends up not playing, if the Vikings roll with Jaron Hall, that becomes a seventh round pick. And so it was a pick swap, and Dobbs is just nothing. So I don't hate it from the Vikings perspective. Supposedly, Dobbs is a super smart kid. He was drafted in 2017, so he's not super young, but he actually had a job in aerospace engineering. He worked at the Kennedy Space Center. Like, Pretty he's, a smar- he's a smart kid. And I know that has been something that has been talked about with the Vikings. Kevin O'Connell, the head coach, a former quarterback himself, really appreciates guys who can master complicated playbooks. If nothing else, it gives the Vikings a shot at maybe this guy can do enough to convince us to keep Justin Jefferson.
0: Yeah, I think that that's a really, really good point. I also think that Josh Dobbs was already benched once this week. Yeah. There's a reason why it's potentially a seventh-round swap. Vikings fans don't be too optimistic for him. Just keep yeah. those expectations pretty low to the ground. He's mm-hmm. not He's not going to make you a playoff team. He's not
1: going to be able to do what Probably Kirk not. did. Definitely not do what Kirk did. The optimistic Viking fan in me says the reason they benched him is because they knew he needed to be healthy to have any trade value and Kyler Murray's coming back and Kyler Murray's just much harder to move because of his contract. But I agree. The Vikings are not replacing at an equal level. And I think that's okay. There wasn't an equal level on the market. The Vikings also sold Ezra Cleveland, their guard, Went to the Jaguars for a sixth-round pick. Honestly, I like the move for the Jags. I, I like it for the Jags quite a bit. It upgrades their line. I get why the Vikings did it. He's on the last year of his deal. He was going to cost a lot of money next year. Probably would cost more than what the Vikings are paying Dalton Reisner, who they brought in this year. But, yeah, I just
0: I I don't understand it from the Vikings' side. And you and I talked about this when the trade went through, and mm-hmm. we're kind of on different sides of that coin. But I just I feel like the two moves are contradictory to each other. You felt like they may complement each other, but uh, walk walk us through that a little bit because I'm not understanding mm-hmm. the buying and selling. It just yeah it I, screams lack of of meshing
1: together. If that makes yeah, sense. yeah, no, I see it. And the way I'm interpreting both moves and lack of moves, Daniil Hunter did not get moved. Harrison Smith did not get moved. Jordan Hicks did not get moved. There were some pieces that people had talked about. On the offense, K.J. Osborne did not get moved. There was even a teeny bit of chatter. I'm going to say no smoke, but a teeny bit of chatter about moving Justin Jefferson. The Vikings mostly did nothing. And I think it is them basically saying this season is what it is. We weren't committing to anything beyond this season anyway because Cousins was going to walk at the end of the year. Sure. And so you got a guy like Cleveland who uh, apparently – the Vikings think is either replaceable at a better deal or wasn't someone they were going to be able to keep next year.
0: I I hear you, but then when I think, okay, they didn't really do anything. They were two fairly small moves, but it was two moves, and there was only, what, eight moves total, and they were two of them? That's a good point. So That's it, a good
1: point. It, it, they, yeah, they, they were, were active.
0: They were small in terms of the draft compensation, but they were still the most active team at the deadline, that's not yeah. the commanders. Yeah, that's a good point. So I'm. It just. It doesn't. It doesn't mesh for me. I don't really like it for the Vikings. Um, if they just bought Dobbs and kept Cleveland, I would like that a lot more for them. I think that would make more sense. I think mm-hmm. Reisner is excessively mediocre. Which don't get me wrong. That means that he's excessively more athletic than me, but he's he's a middle of the pack. Offensive lineman, Um, I think Ezra Cleveland can be good when he plays. If they're both rentals anyways, then just keep both of them. You're not getting better cap. They're both going to walk at the end of the year unless you just want one of them back anyways. It doesn't make a ton of sense
1: to me. No, it doesn't make a ton of sense, but it is what it is. We also had a Lions trade. The NFC North really going for it.
0: NFC North, all four of our teams are involved in trades today.
1: Yeah, made some moves. So the Lions brought in Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver from the Browns. Yeah. Do you think that is a need that they filled, or is it just luxury?
0: No, I do think it's a need. Marvin Jones had a personal matter, so he actually walked away and semi-retired from football a week or two ago. Um, He wasn't playing a ton of snaps for Detroit anyways. He was a little bit buried on the depth chart we all thank you for all the things that he did several seasons ago when he was in Detroit, especially when he just absolutely <laughs> would demolish Xavier Rhodes. For some reason, he had his number, um, he had his number for some reason. He was like the only guy who could do anything against Xavier Rhodes for two or three seasons. Um, but we said goodbye to, uh, Marvin Jones. They needed another spot. It also was largely dependent on what Jameson Williams does. Donovan Mm -hmm. people. Jones is nowhere near as talented as Jameson Williams. Not close, not on the same planet, but while Jameson Williams gets acclimated, which he's still very much doing, he was injured all off season with a hamstring injury. He -hmm. was obviously injured a grand majority of last season coming back from his ACL. Then he had his suspension he needs more time to get acclimated. This gives Detroit a deep threat while also adding to their depth chart at a position where they just lost a body. I think it was a great pickup for a very, very small price and he's a hometown guy. He's from Michigan. He played at the university of Michigan. That that's brought him true. Home.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. And he's a, I mean, he's a decently big receiver can go up and get it on a jump ball. I, I, As a Vikings fan, it doesn't scare me. No, I wouldn't be scared of it by any means. But I also think the Lions got better. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think they got better. I don't know how much better, maybe
1: marginally so. Better Uh, than a sixth-round pick.
0: Yeah, better than a sixth-round pick.
1: Good trade there. And then the Packers rounded out the NFC North. They traded away Rasul Douglas, their cornerback, and a fifth-round pick to the Bills for a third-round pick. Man, I think the bill's overpaid. I think the bill's overpaid by a
0: ton. Rasul Douglas is a good player, but as you and I have talked about, Mm -hmm. draft picks.
1: Yeah. However, the bills are looking at it, I think, as we need defensive back help. Yeah. And we're good enough to maybe win it now.
0: Yeah. You're spot on.
1: You're willing to overpay if you're close.
0: You're spot on. You and I have talked a lot about they need to be more consistent. They have Mm -hmm. to show some more. Rasul Douglas is a very good corner. Yeah. Draft picks are the only appreciating asset. Players are depreciating assets. The Packers traded away a player that is very good, but they're on a bad team and they want a lot of draft picks to kickstart their rebuild. Yeah. They got a third round pick. That's a great pick.
1: That's a very good pick. Yeah. Because it'll be somewhere probably like one teen's. That's a it's a good draft pick. You can absolutely find impact players and an impact player at a much lower contract than what they would have to pay to keep Douglas.
0: Yeah, and I it's hard to call it a haul since it's only one pick, but man, it's like kind of a haul. <laughs>
1: it, it was a good move. I
0: Packers got a good one there. The Packers got a good one there. I'm I am envious of that move.
1: Yeah, I also think it's interesting some of the other teams that were active. We talked about the Niners getting in on their trades. But we also had the Eagles made a trade and the Seahawks made a trade. They brought in Leonard Williams from the Giants, who I think is almost certainly a rental for Seattle. But the Giants already paid most of his contract this year. I think it's a great move for Seattle because if you have watched last couple weeks, the Niners have faltered. The Seahawks are actually leading the NFC West.
0: Yeah, the Niners have dropped three straight. There's a video I sent you today that blames that partially on Brock Purdy's brain being mush and a mismanagement of his health over the last couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, he maybe should have rested.
0: He he absolutely should have. And you and I talked about the idea that he's the only player in the league this season to clear concussion protocol the same week he entered it. There's yep. a reason why that doesn't really happen.
1: It shouldn't. It, it, shouldn't. it shouldn't. But that, is, but that aside... The Seahawks look legitimately good. They're leading their division, and they've really had a weak spot on that defensive line. They're not getting quarterback pressure up the middle. Leonard Williams is really good at that.
0: Leonard Williams is really good at that. They paid a second-rounder and a late-round pick for him. They get much better. The contenders in the NFC right now, if you still include the 49ers in it, are my Detroit Lions— The Seattle Seahawks, who beat my Detroit Lions. And then we've got the Eagles and maybe the Cowboys.
1: Yeah. The Seahawks got much better. Seahawks got better. Eagles got a little bit better. We mentioned the Kevin Byard trade last week. Yep. They got better there. So the contenders in the NFC specifically made some moves to try to button up those last pieces. The AFC is a much tougher conference.
0: The AFC has been better the last several years. The NFC this season is starting to catch up, it looks like. The NFC powerhouses can certainly hold their own against the AFC powerhouses.
1: Yeah, we'll see what they can put together. We have a couple of interesting matchups. There's going to be an AFC showdown this upcoming weekend. Dolphins, Chiefs, I believe in Germany, but that one will be fun to watch. Some cross games with the Seahawks and Ravens, who are both playing really well. And then we get to see Cowboys and Eagles. So we have some we have some good games. Bills-Bengals, I believe, is Sunday Night Football, which it deserves sure to be a Sunday Night Football game. It sure does. Or at least it should. Don't let us down, Joe and Josh. And before we wrap, a little bit of change in our power rankings. I dropped the Chiefs way out. My top five, I have Philadelphia still on top. But I brought the Ravens up. Jaguars, dolphins, and lions back in the top five. They looked good. Yeah,
0: they they looked good, like I said, um, and like you said, they didn't put up as many points as they should have. We've both got them back at number five. You've got your kind of sort of Ravens at number two. They Mm -hmm. continued to win not quite as dominant and not quite as against as good of a team as Detroit that they beat up on last week. Yep. I've got Eagles, Finns, Jags, Ravens, Lions, Bills. And then, like you mentioned, the Chiefs.
1: I've got them at 7. You've
0: got them at 8.
1: Yeah, they definitely don't look quite right. And at the bottom, the Broncos obviously knocked off the Chiefs. They're no longer in the bottom three for either of us, which congrats, Denver. Welcome to the bottom four instead. Yeah, You're, you're bottom four. But the bottom of the barrel for me, I put the Giants down there. That game was atrocious. The Panthers got a win. Congrats, Bryce Young, and still not good. And then the very yep. bottom is the Raiders because I don't think they know what they're doing. Yeah, I've got I've got those two flip-flopped.
0: Um, I kept the Giants a little bit further up than you did just because I'm thinking the Jets, we do think are a decent to good-ish team, and they took them sure. to overtime, so get a little bit of credit there. Um, so for it, my bottom it was just five, so ugly. Yeah, it was so ugly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I wouldn't take it to prom by any means. But my bottom five, I've got the Giants, Commanders, Broncos, Cardinals, Raiders, and then I've still got the Panthers. Like we mentioned with the Bears a few weeks ago, winning one game doesn't make you a good team all of a sudden. Panthers, no. you won your first game. You're still
1: terrible. Still not a good team. But hey, a win feels good, I assume. A
0: win feels good.
1: I assume that is going to do it here for us in the AD's office for week eight of the NFL season. If you're not already, make sure you follow us on Twitter X, whatever, and Instagram at the AD's office. We will post power rankings and live tweet, post whatever games each weekend. And make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, new episodes drop every Wednesday. See ya. Thanks for joining us in the AD's office. Tune in next week as we take you through our takes on the NFL.